Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I hope tonight that uh, you came for a Bible study. Because as Sister Matucci will attest, I have a lot of scripture verses that she has been entering up there into the computer. Um, But I want to talk to you tonight, and uh, it was a very appropriate worship service. I want to thank Brother Sandin for being in tune, because what I want to talk to you tonight is about encourage yourself in the Lord. Um, Lately, and this may just be me, um, I know that it's not just me, but I'm just saying that so you don't feel like I'm pointing you out. We have been under a great attack as a, as a church. The devil has definitely raised his level against abundant life and the people that we come in contact with. Um, I cannot even possibly tell you, though, how many times I have heard from the pulpit the number one reason that people leave church is due to being offended. And the devil has ramped it up to try and get us to fight, to cause separation, and to tear one another down. And oftentimes I think what happens is that when we feel down, we can want to drag others with us. And I want to encourage you tonight that the time for feeling sad is over. And it's time to start kicking some butt. I was, I was sitting down with some people a couple weeks ago and I told them, I was so ticked off that the devil is waging war and we are falling right into the traps. We as a church, I believe, are educated enough in the word of God. I believe we get good teaching from the word of God and we should have a better understanding of what we're dealing with. But occasionally we have to be reminded. So I want to talk to you tonight and I want, I want to start out in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now I, I'm going to tell you that I do not have a lot of notes. So it will most likely be a short one And I'm going to be quick, so if you can stay with me, that'll be awesome. But we're going to start out in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You may be seated. 
Imagination. The devil uses our imagination to help us assume many things that someone is thinking that may be negative about us. And we think these things and we're not even sure that that's what they're actually thinking. I, cannot, I, I, can, I can tell you that in many occasions I have spoken with people that have decided that they are not coming back to church because they feel that the people in church are judging them. And when you ask them, well, you know, what have they said? You know, are they, well, I just know. I just know. Because they've heard it somewhere and now I just know that they think poorly of me. That is a great avenue for the devil to use. Because again, it's not just that you get a feeling of, oh, well, they think poorly of me. It's normally a human reaction that when you think, when I think that Joel Meyer is talking poorly about me to others, that I would probably get a bad attitude with Joel Meyer. Now, the devil has caused a division. Success. That's the way he looks at it. Now, if he can cause enough strife between I and Joel, or you and someone else, and cause there to be separation so that you are no longer able to lift your brother or sister up or to give them strength or to share a burden with them. He has succeeded because eventually what will happen is bitterness will come into your life and you will step away further and further from God to a point where you are desolate. All because your imagination if you think I'm wrong stick around for a while it'll happen it's very easy to be offended and walk away from God if you don't understand what's going on what I hope to impart to you tonight is I am not a deep theologian you all know that not a shocker there but give you a deeper understanding for you to take a different look at what's occurring in your everyday life. And to understand that just like this scripture said in 2 Corinthians, we, we're not warring after the flesh. The things that are occurring in our lives are spiritual battles. There are definitely many things that go on in our lives and lately um, when you get down and you feel you're constantly battling, sometimes it's easy to give up. But that's nothing new. Some of the greats in the Bible also had their struggles. Let me share with you in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse one. It says that it came to pass when David who we find out later is a, God, a man after God's own heart. David and his men were come to Ziklag and the third day and the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burnt it with fire and had taken the woman captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. 
That's a bad day. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. And let me go to verse six. It says, and David was greatly distressed. Anybody been distressed lately? Just a few, yeah, liars. (laughs) For the people in this verse spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. There are many times we are going to be down. There's opportunity for things to completely spiral out of control. But if we first recognize that the devil is trying to attack us, and the devil is trying to destroy us. During these battles, there will be a time you are faced with a simple decision. Quit or keep fighting. When boxers are in the ring and they go to their corner between rounds, they talk about strategy. You may, not be, you may be dropping your dropping your fist. You may need to bring them up a little bit. But then what also comes from the corner is encouragement. You can do this. You gotta go out and you just gotta swing. Just give him one shot. It's only gonna take one and he's gonna drop. We all need encouragement. Even when we're going through a tough time, when we know we can make it, it's always nice to have somebody tell you, I'm with you. We're gonna get through this. Sometimes it's a scripture that's read, your daily bread. Something that gives you just a little bit more strength, a little bit more desire to succeed and overcome. Someone's speaking a word to us of faith. We surround ourselves with positive people and encourage one another as a body. We will find ourselves winning more of the battles that we are in. If we do not encourage one another and if we are not positive role models, speaking positive things, no one's gonna wanna hang around you anyway. And nobody's gonna wanna go down in the boat that you're in. Encouragement coupled with direction will always accomplish more than criticism. Let me say that again, because this wasn't me. This was something 10 o'clock last night Encouragement, coupled with direction, will always accomplish more than criticism. Nobody wants to be criticized. Constructive criticism, that's different. That is encouragement with direction. And people will feel that they can accomplish anything when they have someone on their side that believes in them and will help them to overcome. God has given us his word and he's given us people to encourage us. But he's also given us himself. Now, for some reason, that seems to be occasionally the last thing that we we respond to or rely on. And I know that it's not always easy. You're going through a struggle, it's not easy to start out your morning with thank you, Jesus. 
but it's the best way to start out your morning. Let me show you in 1 Samuel, we're gonna go a little further. We're gonna go to verse seven here, 1 Samuel 30, verse seven. It says, and David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. Now, I looked this up because I'm not a theologian. An ephod was an article of clothing and an object of worship in ancient Israelite culture and was closely connected with the practices of the priests. Now think about that. The ephod was an article of clothing and it was an object of worship. So let me take you back just a step here in verse six. It says, and David was greatly distressed, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And the first thing he put on was a coat of worship. When he had to encourage himself in the Lord his God, the first thing he went for was a garment of worship. In, Samuel, in 2 Samuel 6, you'll see David also wearing the ephod when he's dancing in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. So, how did David encourage himself? Well, put on a garment of worship and he sought after God's wisdom. And David inquired in verse eight at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Now that's exciting because there's a hope. You're gonna recover all. We talked about promises a couple months ago, how God keeps his promises. But after being in battle, sometimes you feel weak. Anybody ever, anybody ever wrestle here? Anybody? When you wrestle, that is like the most draining thing. To have somebody hanging on your body, trying to pull you in a direction you don't want to go, it just drains you physically. I feel like I'm wrestling most times when I preach. Because as soon as I get done, I go home and I go to bed. And let me tell you why. There's a couple reasons. Because when, when you're up here and the anointing is upon you, and those of you that have spoke, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When the anointing is upon you, you feel great. Anointing of God comes down, you feel very powerful, but you are up here battling a spiritual battle. And when you get done, it's like, and when you're done, you're vulnerable because you're weak. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell all of you this, and I have not asked Pastor Kylie about this. I would suggest this to you. If you come on a Sunday and you need counseling, you should set an appointment for some point during the week. Because I will tell you that the last thing that you wanna do after you have poured out of your vessel is to have to fight spirits. And spirits will attack whatever they find vulnerable. 
That's why I go home and I go to bed. Because then there's nothing to fight with. I turn on the fan, the humidifier, nothing. I can't hear anything. I go to sleep. I wake up. I feel much better. I feel positive. I see things that are encouraging. I go have an ice cream. Something good. And it's uplifting. But if I get done here and I'm walking back and somebody's going, oh, you know, I really got a problem with this. And could you spend an hour or so with me and we can do some marriage counseling after church? Monday through Friday, Pastor Kylie's available. Put it on the schedule. I'd be more than happy to meet with you. One time allows. And any of these messes that I'm making, he will be happy to clean up on Sunday morning. <laughs> so let, let me continue. First Samuel chapter 30. We're going to jump down to verse 16. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad. This is, these are the people that took all of the women and children. They were spread abroad spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And I feel like this is a great example of right now what is occurring in the, in the spiritual realm. I think the devil is very pleased at the infighting, the arguing, the disputes that he's causing everywhere. We've always got, we can always find something to argue or, or disagree about. We live in America. We have free speech, for good or for bad. But I, I, I can almost envision that the demons are just enjoying this because they feel that they've gotten a victory. Just like these people did. But David, they didn't know that David had encouraged himself. And he'd encouraged his warriors as well. And they went out, and it says, and I want you, I find this amazing. And David smote them from twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. It wasn't like, hey, 25 minutes, we're done, let's go get our stuff and go home. From twilight, even unto the evening of the next day, they smote the enemy. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. We need to take the fight to the devil. And, you know, I've, I've talked with so many people. I, I talked with... Uh, a lady the other day, um, I had stopped at her, at her business. I've, I'd been working with them for a while. To, me, to, to my knowledge, she, is, she goes to church somewhere. That's all I know. And she said, you know, it's just amazing to me how much distress there is and how much arguing there is. She said, I could almost see us having to take the mark here soon. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, she said, and, and why, do, why do atheists get all the publicity and Christians don't get any? And I said, well, because Christians are quiet. 
and we are. We don't want to, we're not going to be public displays of anger. We're not going to riot. We're not going to do that stuff. But there are things we can do decently and in order. And while we still live in a free country, it might be wise for us to take advantage of the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion. And instead of sitting back and being reactive, start being proactive, teaching Bible studies, ministering to people wherever they're at, touching lives with people. So I want to encourage you tonight that this battle won't last forever. The good news is, is that you fight and keep fighting. And if we stick together and and continue to encourage one another, the devil will not be able to separate us from one another. Our testimony will reach much farther than we ever imagined. Because when there is unity, there will be revival. What about victory now, though? You know, we read, we know that if we read the end of the book, we win. But what about victory now? When the Israelites passed through the Red Sea, then they worshiped. You know, when you think back, the two dynamic differences between each side of the Red Sea, it's pretty stark contrast. On one side, they were angry, and afraid for their lives. God had brought them that far. What they say? Did you bring us this far to die? And a matter of a few hours later, when they're on the other side of the Red Sea, they begin to worship. I honestly find that a little disturbing. Because I would think that when you just got freed from slavery, it would be a time to rejoice. And even though you may encounter another battle on the way to get across the Red Sea, that you would find at some point the ability to worship God throughout that process. But then I look at my own life and I say, you know, God, took, God brought me through this struggle. But now that I'm down, am I still worshiping him the same way that I did when I was on top? And I've come to believe that life is just a combination of cycles. We are going to have highs and we are going to have lows. Ideally, we want to be in that middle ground more often than not. But I also find that when I'm in my highs and my lows, it's more to do with my communication with him than anything else. And you would think after being in church for 35 years that I would somehow have figured this out. And as much as I want to pick on the Israelites, I find myself being awfully comparable to them on many occasions. Because oftentimes when I go through struggles, I think I can get myself out of it. And I want victory now, but I may not have 
followed the process to get to victory. Why don't we worship through the storm? If you don't worship in the rain, all you are is wet. It's pretty deep, isn't it? Getting closer to being a theologian. But when you worship in the rain, God can send down a fire to consume your situation. Just like he did with Elijah battling the prophets of Baal. They soaked that altar, drenched it. Water was pooling on the sides of it. But when he started to worship, the fire consumed it all. And what did that do? They killed the prophets, the false prophets. I would say that his problem was taken care of. But it was with worship. Even though there was a storm and there was a problem to deal with, he worshiped and God took care of the rest. It's time to worship God for the victory that's on its way. I think we can worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to share a lot of scripture with you. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. He already overcame the world. You don't think he can handle your problem? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth, giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, even though you are going to encounter battles and difficult times, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, because death, you don't have any victory. Grave, you've been beaten. Devil, you've been busted. Because nothing that you can try is going to overcome us if we stay steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because we know that what we're doing is not in vain. 
When we're going through these trials, it's not for God to prove that he can put his thumb on us and crush us. It's to remind us that God has paid the price. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you stop relying on your own ability to handle the situation and let him take control of all the situations, you will have victory. You will have victory because it's not by might nor my power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not us. We will fail. We will lose if we do it on our own or try. But with him, we have victory. If you want victory and you need encouragement, know this, that the war has been won. And the one who won the war is here to fight your battles. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He didn't say arm yourselves, prepare for battle. He said, stand still. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. What a promise. I'm gonna give you victory. All you have to do is shut up and believe that I can do it. See, that's where we start to get in our, in, into those deeper issues and problems is because we think that we have the answers. Oh, I can do this, I, no problem. I got myself into this, I can get myself out of it. Yeah, that's worked well for me in the past. Yeah, no problem, I got this. Financial problems, yeah, I'll just go make more money. Great economy for it. You know, that's working well. You know, well, I've got a problem with this and you know, I got a problem with my marriage. Well, I'll just, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll go see somebody else or I'll, I'll just ignore it for a little while or it, it'll work itself out. When we put on worship, and God, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And when God inhabits the praises of his people and he's with you, the battle is won. But when you stop worshiping and start controlling, you will lose. And when you start talking to other people about losing and negativity, you cause problems. So hold your peace and let the Lord fight those battles and you will be victorious. The Lord has defeated entire armies with torches, vases, and trumpets. And you don't think he can fight your battle for you? Or is it that God doesn't care about these small things that I'm going through? I mean, there's world hunger, there's murder, there's war. Why would he care about my problems? Luke chapter 12 and verse 27 says this. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. We've heard this a thousand times. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will take care of themselves. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So tonight, like I had talked about at the very beginning, I want you to, when things start occurring, I want you to understand that it's not me against you. It's not brother against brother. We don't need another civil war. We need to understand that when there is an offense, go address it. Get it done right away. And let the healing begin. Because what will happen is the devil will weasel his way inside. Go address it. Get it taken care of. Get it done. And let the healing begin. Because otherwise, all you're going to have is a bigger battle. Because now you're going to fight more battles. God has promised you the victory over all of these things. If we just let him do it. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.